Bumper. Clear. This is Door Bumper Clear, presented by OfferPad, and I'm TJ Majors. We've returned from Michigan and have a lot to discuss. We'll cover Joey Logano's move on the final restart. Bubba Wallace finishing P2, only one spot remaining in the playoffs. Brad Keselowski saying the sport needs more penalties and more. Let's get started. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Major, spotter of the six cup car, the 68 <laughs> Xfinity car this week. Who no, was in no there? Which one? The 68. Brandon Brown. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh, good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Griffin, congratulations, TJ Majors, on making it out of the Michigan infield. I don't know if we'd see you here this morning. I was very You and I were frantically, set. the three of us were frantically playing, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what game to say. But I almost hit Noah Gregson head on. <laughs> well, Noah was doing the same thing we were. So, and, and and then you're behind me. We're all calling each other. We cannot, to save our lives, get the f- out of this racetrack, Freddie. I, Freddie Kraft, Spider Bubba Wallace, uh, who else? Land the castle this week. But I could not get out. And the worst part for me was I felt bad. So I'm just, I'm not paying attention to what's going on around me now. I'm just looking for gates to go through. So this one time I go through <laughs> over by the scoring pylon, I end up making a left, and next thing I know, I pass Chase Elliott as they're pushing his car to the tech, and I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be in here. You're so, not. You're so, definitely not. So, you were so, in the cup garage. I was just outside the cup garage. I mean, don't make it easy to get in the I was going to go through Hawkeye to make sure my car was clean. But So then I'm like, all right, let me just bang a U-turn and go. I'm obviously not in the right Bang So I bang a U-E. I bang a U-E, and... There's, I, when I do that, I realize there's like eight people following me. I'm like, I'm like, oh man. I'm like, I have let all, Carly was one of them. I said, there's, I said, I've let a lot of people down a wrong path. She's right still here. last one to the plane. So where'd she go? <laughs> Maybe she found Yui. I uh, went to five different gates before I finally found a way out of the infield. And people were tweeting last night. You shouldn't make fun. It was a big crowd. That has zero to do with how we wow, get out of the restaurant. The, 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 the crowd was we were literally locked in. It was like we were in the elevator and <laughs> broke. We, I went to the back gate. I went to go out the back of that lot because they yeah. wouldn't let us out the front of the lot. Uh, that's and, not going to work either. And the cop goes, the cop literally told me, he says, I'm sorry, sir. We have to get all these motorhomes out and then we can let the cars go. <laughs> that's I not said, the last thing he all said of to them, you. I know. He, was, he said, oh, you want me to call a tow truck at one point? <laughs> I said, I guess. Call a tow truck. See if we can tow these motorhomes out of here. I'm like, all the motorhomes? Like, this guy over here is drunk, falling off the side of his motorhome. You're going to wait for him to get out because it's going to take a couple hours. Freddie goes, I got a flight to make. The guy goes, I don't care. Pull over here. I'm going to tow this car while he's fussing at Freddie. I just snuck right out of the game. <laughs> oh, that was that was right there. I was like three cars back because I, I watched Brett do his patent move. <laughs> he goes out into the parking lot, passes a couple rows, and then cuts back up and gets to the front of the oh, line. Yeah. So and basically, then, you have Freddie to thank for Freddie created out. diversion. Yeah. Yes. Well, he gets out, and then I'm But I I'm, got out, and I still couldn't go nowhere. Solid. And then he tells me, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm down here by this guy. I'm like, well, how'd you get out? Well, I went out that gate. I'm like, they're not letting anybody out that gate. He's like, well, I kind of snuck through. Like, so I'm still screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so. uh, 930 at night, there were still people leaving the track. So that just shows how poorly. No, I was going to say how crowded it was. Oh, like, crowded, I mean, yeah, getting in the elevator. The crowd was getting, great. Yeah. The crowd, the crowd was, was not listening to me. 
I don't know if they have a new track president. They do. I don't know if they have a new GM. I don't know if they have a new head of security because those three people typically with the state plan, the traffic plan, whoever planned the traffic plan, you already win. What an idiot. You've never done this before. It was very obvious. I've been going there 25 years. I've never not been able to get out of the racetrack. I really just don't understand why we can't even leave and go through the even. We couldn't even leave the tunnel that lets you leave the racetrack. We couldn't even leave well, the they, didn't they? That's the racetrack that they'll, they shut down the infield, right? Like they close, the, they close it. They won't let you out for an hour, right? The, uh, my biggest issue was, and not even the tunnel. I couldn't get out of that parking lot. Like I know, that's what I'm saying. It's like a square parking lot. And I'm like, I'm going to go out this gate. No, you're not. Okay, never mind. I'll turn around. I'll go out the back How gate. are you going to hold the competitors for <laughs> an the, hour? What, the, if the you drivers. what if you wrecked with 15 to go, and by the time you get back there, they're racing, and now you have to sit there for an hour? <laughs> no, wreck 15 laps in. Say, he's still going to leave. I, yeah, but I mean... <laughs> I, I really don't understand how you say, hey, guys, race over, but you have to stay here longer. Oh. Whoa, whoa, that's ridiculous. Oh, boy. That well, was definitely the highlight of our weekend. Well, let's. Uh, that was my worst. That I used to. I love going to Michigan. I mean, the area is great. Fans are awesome up there. Um, <laughs> I bet CJ called me six times. I, well, he got out and I was so pissed off that he's out. He's like, yeah, I'm down here. And then I called him. And he was like, yeah, I'm at 12. And I'm like, you son. <laughs> I made it out. I got I went back into the coach lot. And, and went out the front of the coach lot instead of the back. That's the way I started, and they wouldn't let me out that way. What a debacle. Anyway, uh, so Jason, when you went out your... the front of the coach lot, you went towards the front stretch and made a left? Oh, yeah, I went left and then out turn one. See, that had that blocked off for a while. They, must, they did. They opened it first. <laughs> I guess. That's awesome. Casey, how'd you get home? <laughs> VIP style? Uh, Well, if it were Are you going to be on the Driver's Wives show this week? Is that, is that what's happening? <laughs> no. You're fine with them. You're VIP in it. I mean, if I didn't fly with him, I would literally still be at the airport because my flight keeps getting delayed. <laughs> so, yes, uh, thank you for the ride home, Kevin and Josh and Elena. I really appreciate it, even though. Were you cheering against Kevin for the last five laps when he was leading and you're like, damn, this means I got to stay here for another couple yeah. hours? Uh, no. <laughs> it didn't I... matter. They were going to hold the infield anyway. <laughs> Point. Actually, now I'm really glad it worked out because I think I got home more than uh, quicker than most of you guys. So, uh, yes, I might as well introduce myself because somebody oh, said yeah. on the show that they like when I say, hey, guys, Casey Boat here. So, hey, guys, Casey Boat here. You said uh, it twice that time. Yeah, of course. Uh, who's, Jason. who's this person? Hey, it's Jason Schultz, producer. I got home from the bar successfully on the weekend. <laughs> so it was a very easy Did process. Not get stuck driving, in traffic. Good for no, you. No, not driving. I'm glad. <laughs> Well, we officially have one, one spot left that we're fighting for in the playoffs at this point. None wow. of y'all have one, so it's... Uh, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is there a playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What? <laughs> uh, tell us. I know... Jason, fight. that was pretty low. I mean, that's pretty low blow I right was there. thinking, like, most years, one of y'all makes a playoffs. Yeah, that was, this year, uh, so far, we're over three. <laughs> three races left. That was a rather... Why not kick them while they're down? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's a rather low move. I mean, it's kind of like saying you, you three suck. That's kind of what I mean, he, he basically did. If right you there. spotted better, maybe you'd have a playoff spot. Maybe. Mm. Well, <laughs> what'd you guys think well, of the... if you produce the... better, we have to hurry this show up. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dale's fault. <laughs> Everything's Dale's fault. <laughs> what did you guys think of the on-track portion of Michigan? I thought it was great. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> did you guys have fun yesterday? Brett? DJ? Yeah. Uh, Richmond's next week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, Michigan. Um, I just it was want very it, challenging. I just wanted to widen back out, and and I had a lot of hope uh, going into this weekend that it would. I got there and I looked at the racetrack. It was very gray. 
which typically means it's very worn. Obviously, it's extremely smooth for the groove to still stay. And look, there's different ways through the corner, but at the end of the day, there's one really fast way through there. And unless you're Christopher Bell, then everywhere that you ran, it was really fast. But I thought it put on a good show considering how uh, narrow the racing groove is. I mean, the resin was trying to be used a little bit. I didn't see any advantages to get in it. Obviously, you could get up there and not wreck, which is a plus because a lot of places are super slick. But, um, I mean, look, it, it was good weather other than the quick rain shower and and good racing. And and I'm glad Michigan only has one race because I think it proves a lot of thing right, things right if you – only have one race you sell a hell of a lot of tickets and there were a lot of people here yesterday i thought the uh, racing was challenging at times the car the cars that stood out you could tell who they were they could make passes and it was also hard for them to pass at times as well but the guys could get runs and you know if you took a chance of passing you might not make it which i i think that's all right the track is getting wider to me i think it's definitely widening out some but my biggest issue with this race is the com- the lack of managing your stuff better. You-, you can literally go as hard as you want from the beginning of the run. There's no finesse. There's no taking care of your stuff. It is a as hard as you can go. And there's what did we fall off like a second, something like that, maybe if, a little if over that. So same I, thing. I fell off a little more. Well, but you know what I mean, though. There's not I like fell, I fell off a little less. <laughs> We need we need the the bigger fall off. We need something to matter. Like okay, I, you need this guy to think. Well, if I go really hard here, um, you know how good was that race in North Wilkesboro? How good were those modified races? See now, I so I think like, that's extreme. It's, but I it's, mean, it's extreme, and, and like I don't mind it, but like I also don't want to run a race where like we had a fifty lap race in North Wilkesboro the other day. The pole yeah. time was an eighteen forty. <laughs> and we ran 22 second laps in the race because we're trying to save tires. So now you're backing your pace up three to four seconds. They weren't. And, they must not have been good years. And, and, and no, it was Hoosiers. And uh, you know, it's I, I need something in the middle of that. You know what That's I mean? That's what I'm like, saying. There's yeah, got to like, be a happy where you still have to go hard. But, yeah. And I, I think uh, I think in a longer race with not that there's not a competition there, but like you track position is pretty key. Um, you know, in our stuff with the air. I think there's a happy medium. So we've had tracks with decent fall off and we see how, how good it is. You know, I mean, we, we went and did the tire test. I didn't go, but Bubba and the guys went and they spent a day there tire testing. And then when we came back to the race, it was a completely different tire. They didn't, they never tested the tire that we raced on. Um, so to your point, we say this all the time on here. Like we, you need I wonder tire if that fall tire, off. I wonder if the tire you tested was more wear. I don't think, I don't know if it was more wear. I know they took, they took a bunch of stagger out of the tire or out of the set. I should say, which uh, obviously more stagger kind of frees the car up. Um, but that was, you know, it was just a completely different tire. So you kind of, not that you wasted the tire. Uh, there there is zero management right now of tires. Yeah, oh, yeah. We I mean, need, we need some man. I mean, tires tire didn't management. make a difference as for our car anyway, because we were obviously very good at the beginning. We had a really good car all weekend. We, we the first segment, we, we were putting two on. We put rights on at one point, then we put lefts on. And we kind of, we're a mid-pack car. Once we put four back on it, we drove back to the front. So there was a little bit two tires yesterday, but, you know, obviously it wasn't a big deal. Like the, the fall off wasn't there. It was more about, you know, just overall speed and track position once you got tires on it. 100%. Um, what else happened? I don't remember. Truck uh, Xfinity race? Yes, there was Ty Gibbs race. Another win. What's that, five on the year? Five yes. for Ty. 
He had a good day Sunday too. He he solid you know, day. Shot, oh, shot himself in the foot fast. at one point, but I mean, he could have been. I think he could have been top five if yeah. he didn't have a speeding penalty there at the end. His car was. I, I think fast. without some sort of miracle, that guy just put himself on the 18 car with that run. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he's only – I mean, I don't – we were talking about this on the roof, and and I have no idea what Kurt's doing, what Kurt's plans are, what the team's plans are. But, like, you're in a perfect situation right now at, for Kurt and for Ty where, you know, obviously now if a couple guys rattle off wins, Kurt's going to be in trouble. But you have to have two winners in the last three races for Kurt to get knocked out right now. Um but Kurt can essentially take off until the playoffs. Like if you already got your, you know, bell rung a little bit, why would you want to come back and run Daytona? I mean, I guess you could just ride around in the back and 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 be there. But you know, uh, there's it's big you're risk. at high risk there. Um, yeah. So it's a perfect opportunity for Ty to get experience on all these tracks. You know, he's kind of run a little bit of different everything. You know, Pocono, Michigan, a road course. He's got Richmond this week if Kurt don't come back. You know, you get a little opportunity to run a little bit of everything for Ty in a no-pressure situation where he doesn't really matter where he finishes. Danny said on here last week, I don't care where he runs as long as he, you know, learns and, and gets better. So it's a perfect situation for him. It's a perfect situation for Kurt to rest up and, and be ready for the playoffs. Um, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. But He uh, did a really good, job, a good yesterday. job yesterday. Yeah, I mean – Super fast, sorry. I mean, I watched him make a couple of passes where he took this big arc into one, turned all the way to the bottom. I was like, oh, that's going to be tough. And kid made it stick. He's one thing that I, I think he might be a little aggressive with for the guys that he's around because I don't think if you there's there's three or four that are super aggressive with the side drafting stuff. He was side drafting his ass off yesterday. He'll, he'll go from the top to the bottom. And I don't really know if it's the time. Like, I'm not sure you want to set that tone quite yeah. yet. You know what I mean? Like when you're. I just don't think he needs to. He's got enough speed where he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. So back to your comment around Kyle sounded like his interviews were very kind. And were they? I, I didn't mean, hear based any off interviews. where he finished. I felt like, it, I don't know, Jason, if you saw, but I mean, I was just sad. My DBC pick crashed in the first 20 <laughs> laps of the race. I wasn't even watching. Turned well, it turned it off. You, you waited all year to pick your favorite guy from your childhood and you pick him and he, and he wrecks so early. But I felt like he handled his interview after getting wrecked out very early. So, so very you're, well. you're a Chase fan now, right? I'm a Tyler Reddick fan because I am. Tyler Tyler. You I can't am Tyler switch Reddick. again. I, I look at and I like I was talking with Jordan Bianchi this weekend, and and I, and Freddie and I actually talked about this on Saturday at Buffalo Wild Wings, where they cut you off at ten thirty. Um, <laughs> or if you don't eat. If you don't eat, you can have two beers. A good thing you didn't try to go there last can night. I have another beer. No, you've not eaten yet. Oh, you, you got to leave. Well, I've only had two beers. Yeah, but you got to eat. Okay, all right. Well, give me some cheese curds, I guess. But like, if you look at this Kurt Busch thing, and, and I misspoke about some things a couple weeks ago. Tom Bryant, when NASCAR gave me a shout, great dude, a uh, friend of mine, and he explained to me this concussion process. I made the comment that Kurt felt like there was a new doctor in there, and that there were tests he had never done before, and, and that was not the case according to to Tom, and I appreciate Tom calling me and correcting me on that. Um, they actually do something, and I'm going to screw this name up, called a keen DVAC test. You definitely um, screwed that up. After a crash. So they do this impact testing before the season, but the impact testing is actually too intensive right after a wreck because if you're not I mean, relaxed. Why would you do it again? If you're not relaxed and like on your game, you're going to screw it up and you're going to fail. So they have two different tests. Um, and they actually have the same two doctors in there almost all the time. A third doctor is a lady that comes in if, if those two guys can't make it. But essentially, there's two neurologists that oversee this process. To Freddie's point, obviously, Kurt's out on a medical waiver with concussion. He just missed his third race in a row. Now you got to go Richmond, Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen would not be easy on a guy coming out of concussion. 
And certainly Daytona, a ton of risk there. So if I'm his doctor, I'm going to ride him out through the end of Daytona because obviously you want him to heal. We also know these race car drivers are not normal. There, there are guys, including my friend Casey Kane, that I do not think should still be racing, and they're still racing. Should Dale Jr. still be racing? I don't know. He suffered a lot of concussions. He obviously is handpicking which races he's going to, but I'm not going to lie to you. When he gets in a car, I get nervous because we know he's had a lot of concussions. He suffered a lot of issues. He missed races. So, um, But when I look at this from the, the, the overall health of Kurt Busch, which I can't speak to, is, is he going to come back and have a great playoff and, and, and want to do this next year and be able to do this next year? Right, and, and if he is, then obviously the 45 car's his. Denny has made the comment, that car's his as long as he wants it. But if he can't, or he doesn't want to come back, because Kurt Busch, isn't a, he, he's not a spring chicken. He's got some age on him. You know, he's up there in that Harvick era where he's in his low 40s. So if he says, man, I'm done, you've got the great opportunity to move Kyle into Kurt's car and then transition Tyler Reddick in the following year. So you do give Kyle that opportunity to do what he said he'd do. He'd take a one-year deal. He'd take less money, and it would bridge the gap and give him, him an opportunity to get his feet under him because clearly we're in August, people. We're in August. So if you've got Chevrolet now entering the conversation to come after you and you've got one Ford team that's talking to you and Gibbs has essentially potentially stopped talking to you, you don't have a lot of options if you're Kyle Busch, and you're too damn good to not race a cup car next year. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you know, like obviously we've seen Denny – Go after you know he went out and got Kurt when he needed to get Kurt. He went out and got Reddick when he needed to get Reddick. You know if if Kyle's available, I'm sure Denny's going to kick the tires on that at least and and see you know if this is this what you want to do. You I will give you a damn one year deal for the money you said you would be willing to take and and let's let you know Denny's going to want to put the best available person in his car. It's not going to be just a stopgap to get to Reddick. It's going to be whoever he thinks is the best, whether it's Kurt, whether it's Kyle, whether it's somebody else. I don't know, but. You know, that he's not going to just, you know, let that team flounder for a year while waiting on Reddick. You know, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be the most competitive it can be. Kyle Busch is a stud. And if you look at him statistically, and I've not done this, but if to, in my mind, if Talking you go back. Stat-wise? If, if you, yeah. It, okay. Kyle's a stud, period. I mean, he's one of the best <laughs> race car drivers to ever live. But if you look at his win percentage, in my mind, he won a lot of races when he was running a lot of races. And I know that doesn't necessarily – you know, correlate with you people. Let me tell you what that means. When he's running a truck and he's running an Xfinity car and he's running a cup car all in the same weekend, he hauls ass in all three of them. Now that he's not running those lower series all the time, it seems to me like his cup win percentage since he stopped running so frequently, it slowed way down. And to back that up, even when we cut back on practice, he slowed, you know, that like when we had three hours of practice, Kyle was dominating. You know, we cut back to no practice in 2020. I think it went, he went most of the year without a win. You know, we didn't have – we had very limited practice this uh, last year. So, like, just to back that point up of seat time itself, like, even when – take him out of the truck in Xfinity, but when we cut back on practice, he wasn't performing as well. What's Hirsch do? And, and, maybe, and maybe that <laughs> low seat time for everybody is what's producing all these freaking winners. Because same thing for Kevin Harvick. His win percentage went down about that same time you're talking about. So, anyway, that's just what I'm thinking on the Kyle I don't Bush think situation. Denny can afford it after the insurance claim that he had to file. So, the DJ. guy comes in here. He donates his time. And, look, Denny Hamlin's a busy man. He's a, he's a cup owner. He comes in here, and the first thing he has to tweet after doing our show is, it was so dangerous at DBC, I had to file an insurance claim. All right. Well, <laughs> moving on, before we head into spot on, spot off, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. 
Do you want to buy or sell your home right now? Listen up, because we have a way for you to do it. Our friends at OfferPad make the home selling process a breeze. It's never been this easy or convenient to make your big move. Start the process by visiting OfferPad.com and completing the five-minute form with details about your home. Then submit it to OfferPad so they can get to work. Within 24 hours, OfferPad will send you back a free competitive cash offer on your home. See how quickly that went? I'm a busy guy, so I like things to happen fast, and OfferPad gets that done. Plus, they offer tons of perks for selling your home. You can sell without listing. There are no showings. You pick your own closing day and the option for a free local move. There's no better way to sell your home than with OfferPad. They have markets all across the United States and can help buy your next home, too. My home might be for sale after I submit it to OfferPad today. So keep an eye out for it when you shop for homes on OfferPad.com. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR options that know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, here we f-ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. First topic, J.J. Yaley's team decision to stay out after the competition caution where he got loose and caused a wreck in turn two on the restart. Spot On, Spot Off, TJ. Spot On. I mean, he's out there racing, too. Got some spots on it. Right. <laughs> what, what, what do you think... I mean, what what are you thinking here? Honestly, if you're his crew chief, Me, like go at low, one point go, you go. say, "Man, let's stay, let's stay out right here. We're only two seconds off. Surely, if we get up there in the middle of the draft, we'll be just fine." Who is his crew chief? I don't think it's. I mean, I know what you're saying, but like JJ's been doing it for a while, and I mean, I, I guess it's pretty early in the race, and um, it's lap twenty. Yeah, it's pretty early, but with no with no tire wear, are, are stage points going to help them guys? No. But what I'm saying is, it's staying on, you know. They weren't even close to stage. They were behind stage points. I, I, I know, but I mean, well, why, what is your yeah, thought we, process on staying out and restarting around 15th? Averaging out 25th instead of 35th, I guess. You know what I mean? Just that's that's a thought process for it. If you're a crew chief, that's what I would. Some I can't add. I'm just saying you want to average out better than where you were running, right? That's the you, thought behind If you're, you're in that you're car. You're looking for a net gain. If that's yes, your. That's a your, gain well, of where you, you, you running you, before. You guys, y'all are crazy. The only thing you're looking for is to not get lapped. Which is a net game, right? He's not going to get lapped at 20 laps if he starts in the back. But it I'm going to tell you how you don't finish the race. <laughs> you restart 15th and get wrecked. Freddie, what do you think? I think this is just another award in the collection of one idiot awards for Rick Ware Racing. I, they, the decision makers over there just can't help themselves but to inject themselves into the middle of all these races. They essentially wrecked the best car on the racetrack Sunday, which was Kyle Busch. Uh, I thought he was the best car all weekend or one of the best cars all weekend because they inject themselves. There's like Brett said, there's, there's, there's the risk versus reward is so skewed. The only thing that can happen if you, if you start up there is you wreck. You want to, we talk about BJ McLeod on here all the time. Do you want to see how you run a race? Look at BJ McLeod yesterday. He pit the second time by every yellow flag to limit any kind of danger on pit road. He pit, you know, he he started at the back. He was right there with the 15 on that restart. He could have stayed out and started next to the 15 if he wanted to. But instead, he came down pit road, 
didn't put himself in any kind of harm's way. I don't know where he finished. I think he was like 23rd or 24th place yesterday because he just stayed out of the way all day long and didn't have any issues. But this team just cannot help themselves by putting themselves in the middle of the story every week. It's I don't understand. Like you said, you know, it, what are you doing? I think they restarted like 14th or 15th on the bottom. Uh, they were running about 14th or 15th. They restarted on the bottom. But it's like, like we picked off of them because we wanted to get away from them. Because you know something stupid's going to happen. And and the track, it's like one thing to be if the, the track's narrow like Darlington or something and there's nowhere to go. Like you can kind of box people in and, and hold it off. Michigan's so wide, they're going around you three or four at a time. Like, you don't, you, there's no way you're holding anybody off there. So it's just, I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. And, and they just continue to do it. And then they'll complain to me about, about calling them out when they just do like this all the time. I've got it figured out. What is it? Freddie wants Denny. He uses Denny to pay the bills. And BJ wants us as bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> I take BJ as my bodyguard. <laughs> But, I, but I mean, he, he he finished the race yesterday without a scratch on his race car and probably 24th. And oh, yeah, JJ, JJ probably could have done the same thing, except he's destroyed his race car along with four or five others. The hit that Austin Sindrick took in that wreck was massive, and it gets caused by a guy that does not belong up there. I mean, what? how do you feel if, if something goes wrong there with Austin? I mean, it's just it, – it, it's, it's incomprehensible why they would do something like that. Makes no sense. I agree. Contact between top contenders Christopher Bell and Ross Chastain off turn four puts Bell into the wall late in the race. Brett, spot on, spot off. Did you hear this? Did you hear that scream when it happened of, of joy? No. What happened? Who screamed? Casey? What? She screamed. Joy. Joy? Uh, Casey, I'm actually <laughs> spot off for this for, for a different reason. Um, Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain were running first and second when they pitted. They exited pit road. They actually swapped spots. Ross beat him off pit road. And they are a lot faster than the guys that are, are not on new tires. But you're catching the guy, Christopher Bell, who's running top three at the time on the lead lap. Um, do I think Ross did anything wrong? No, not really. But to Freddie's point, this is a really wide racetrack. You've got your teammate with you behind you to draft and work together. You saw coming off a of four that Christopher Bell was going to be very aggressive to try to maintain his spot on the racetrack. He was blocking, and he left. In my opinion, he made a huge error when he left that lane open on the top. I would have never advised my guy – nor if I were a race car driver would I have thought it's a good idea to leave the top of the racetrack and break the draft on two lap cars. But I thought Christopher made a huge air pulling down. Obviously, when he pulled up, um, he squeezed Ross. Freddie and I were watching the replay together, and it almost looked like at the very end, Ross might have barely come down to catch his right rear. I don't know if that's true or not, but just based on the replay that Freddie and I were watching on an 8 by 10 TV through our <laughs> binoculars underneath the scoreboard, <laughs> that's kind of what we came to the conclusion of. But at the end of the day, man, Ross is, is really pressing the issue right here. And does he have to be? That That's the question that probably is looming in the back of my mind. And, and Freddie and I had a conversation with – Ty Norris before, uh, before the race started outside of your suite, the Xfinity suite. And we actually were talking about Ross's approach to, to racing. And it's, I got to get the next 10 feet in the next 10 seconds. That's like Ross's mentality, according to Ty. That's exactly what we saw right there. And if he'd have just been a little bit more patient, it might have had a completely different outcome. But I still think this wreck's on Bell. I think this wreck is, is Bell's fault. Um, 
all the way across the board. It completely screwed Trackhouse, though, for the rest of the day. I think it's you have to look, and we've talked about this with Ross before, it's situational awareness, and there was none right there. That was a terrible job on Ross's part. Whoever the whoever's fault the accident was, we've seen it, and you then and, and we've seen guys do this before. And I think Ross did hang a left into his right rear because he thought he was going to get squeezed in the fence. And that's that's like a, I'm you're not wrecking me. I'm getting you, and I'm going to keep my car clean. But like you, the only thing that you can't have there if you're Ross Chastain is a caution flag because when you have a caution flag right there, your race is over. Yeah, you're going to be the lucky dog, but now you're starting at the tail with you know whatever it was, 35, 40 laps to go. You're, you have just essentially ended your race. You've definitely ended Daniel's race because now he's got to wave around. He's going to be even further back than you are. Um, but, you know, it's you were one of the first guys to pit because they kind of had stayed out on that last caution. So they had less fuel than everybody. They had to come first. But you essentially, just by forcing the issue there with Christopher, you've ended any shot you've had at winning that race where you come in. You just came in the pits running second, and now you've just take, cost yourself any chance to win the race. Yeah, I don't. I was watching it as it happened and was shocked that it happened. But with as close as the racing was, and if you had a run to break the plane of the bumper, um, to me, this wreck starts with, with Bell not getting a good run off the corner. You know what I mean? Like, he, something happened in the middle of three and four. I'm not sure what. Like, but Ross had a run on him. I don't know if he was off pit road or, um, or whatever it was. But Ross had good enough run to get there. And you know if the guy has a good enough run to get there, you have to pick your lane and make him go to the lane you don't want to be in. You can't do this, well, I'm going to block up here, then I'm going to block down here, now I'm going to block back up here again, and especially you got to look who it is. You know that if you do that, most guys are probably going to do that. You can't back out of a spot like that because that's Justin Haley, if we're racing like that, he's going to take that spot. He's going to try to get up there. You can't, whatever, get, whatever he did to make him lose his momentum is the start of it. Second of all, you don't give up the preferred lane. If Ross dies at the bottom, that's fine. You can chase him down and side draft him. Well, when you get to turn one, you're in the preferred groove at that point because your car is – every groove is a preferred groove with your car. So, But it's really good when you pin them down to the bottom and, and, and slow them down in the middle. But you don't – you just can't give up the right side like that. And you know a guy like Ross not saying – I mean, Ross is still racing as a race car driver. If we're racing and you leave that spot open, I'm going to take it. I'm going to try to drive up there. So you just don't leave it open. At that point in the race, Christopher Bell had the fastest car on the racetrack. And, uh, it, and, it, and it ended think, up right. I think the 11 was better then. But even well, that though. One, the 11 was fast. But Christopher cleared a lot of cars in the center of the corner, just drove by. He's him. fast, yeah. But he so, was crazy fast. But let me ask you this. Are you saying that Ross Chastain got the lucky dog right there? Uh, well, no. I don't think he did. He I was, was in position. He, in he was in position too, but he right. didn't get the lucky dog. Right. Yeah, okay. he didn't get it right there. Um, but like... And, and people were going to ask why Bell was racing him so hard, being that he was a lap down. You're racing him hard in that position because you want to hold him up. Because if you let him go, the more time he can make up on you before you pit is going to you know affect where you guys come out of the pit. So Bell's job there so is Bell to kind of pitted yet. No, no. Bell, oh, that's yeah. why. So yeah. uh, so that that's even worse in my opinion. You got a guy coming that's going to be faster than you. You said tires were faster, obviously a little bit. Yeah. When you come out why even put yourself in that situation? Well, you're putting, the thing is I would have, I agree with you guys both just take the top because we're right behind yeah, him. Make him earn so, it. So like we're right behind, we were right behind Ross. So 
if Ross goes to the bottom, we're not going to help Ross. We're going to pull up to Christopher exactly. and push Christopher, you know? So just take the top away from him. If he goes down there and clears you, he goes down there and clears you. But you just ended your day to Brett's point. You know, if he wasn't the best car, he was a top three car easily. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just he ended had a your solid day. shot at still yeah. winning that race. It's just, yeah, you just can't let guy. I've seen it a couple of times where you just, people just more worried about the guy on the bottom and we did it in the Xfinity race. Like Landon chased, uh, I forget who it was, Noah or somebody yeah. at the bottom and left the whole top open for Josh Berry to drive around us. And I was like, damn, you know, you got to protect we that wanna, right rear. Well, that's how I won a Xfinity race back there, back in the day of Brad. You had Kyle and Brian Vickers side drafting each other down the bottom. Brad comes off turn four on the high side. We're going to turn one, three wide. And we're in the preferred lane. Yeah. But like, you can't take the top, go to the bottom, and then go back to the top, especially with a guy with tires, and especially the guy that drives the one car. Yeah. There's a lot of things mixed right there. Live to see another lap. It was just bad situational awareness kind of all around. For I mean, everybody. I don't blame Ross. If Ross is on tires, he's got to go. I mean, oh, yeah. and if you leave the door open, he needs to, I would go through it too. If I'm on tires, you're going to, you're going to let me hold you up. No, no, you're no. going. So no. I really can't, I can't blame Ross for having the urgency to go. Cause that's when you make up your time. That's your chance. But you make your own luck. You are slower. You're mo- You're blocking a guy that's very aggressive. This is a recipe for disaster. We got one. And we got one. Fair. Joey Logano's move on the final restart to get P2 that Bubba Wallace described as 22 earned another Ford contract. Freddie, spot on, spot off. Yeah, he wasn't talking about the move he made on the restart. He was talking about the fact that he held us up for 15, 20 laps. But Joey didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I would expect if we, if we were leading like that and the Toyota was second, that the Fords were faster behind him do everything you can to hold him up and let me get away. So, you know, Bubba's not like, I don't think he's, I'm sure he's not happy with Joey, but it's not like Joey did anything wrong. The guy is probably, now that Newman's gone, the hardest guy to pass in the sport. He's one of the best, if not the best guy to block you or arrow block you. He knows exactly where to put his car to, to defend against you, even though you're better. I mean, and he was just, we were much better than him, probably 10 laps into a run, but he was just good enough for them first 10 laps to kind of hold us up and let Kevin get out three or four seconds. And I don't know. I don't know if it would have made a difference. We were definitely a little bit quicker than Kevin in clean air, um, but it would have still been hard to pass him. Um, but yeah, this was just frustration on Bubba's part by, you know, we were getting held up and, and it was clear. And once we got around him, we drove away from him and Joey fell back. I don't know where he finished, but um, yeah, it was just, just frustrating on Bubba's part, but I don't think Joey did anything wrong. Brady Kraft took spotting to a whole new level on the spotter stand <laughs> at Michigan International Speedway. I have never seen a guy take and and give his all more than Freddie Crafted. In the middle of the green flag run where Logano is throwing block after block after block, Freddie in his stealth mode self snuck down to Coleman Presley, who's spotting for Joey Logano, and he managed to reach around and cover his eyeballs <laughs> so, that, so that Coleman couldn't see the racetrack. Freddie was doing everything he could to help his guy get by this f***ing <laughs> aggravating Joey Logano, and I'll be damned if I don't see him blindfold Coleman Presley. And it wasn't much longer. We got by. We. DVC pick, you're cheering for me. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you. I, 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 I did do that. <laughs> He moves under like this. Solid move. Hey. I'm, uh, it worked. I'm, I'm spot on because that's the – Joey didn't have the good car yesterday. It was um, – it got – in long runs, it faded pretty bad. And they continuously did the pit deal right to put him in – to give him track position to try to hold people off. And that's going to 
he's doing he's averaging out net gain you know what i mean compared to where his car speed was he was i don't not even sure he was a top 10 car speed wise but he was consistently in the single digits because of his driving ability to, to keep people behind him so uh spot on for you know being able to accomplish that there um that's what we raced for that's better than the move last week for sure one we need bonuses in our contract if we block the other spotters vision two and this is a serious question i would have two. a pontoon boat by now <laughs> two did you want a caution when daniel suarez cut his left front down yeah absolutely did you guys uh, all plan for that to happen like as far as a caution, we, well, yeah, did we you, planned did you guys, for Suarez to get a flag. Did you guys, Someone <laughs> shot his tire, and we I sniped his ass from the roof. Were you guys like planning on a caution happening no, at that point? I, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to warrant a caution unless he threw a bunch of debris. I've seen him throw a caution for that before, right? Uh, but I didn't know, and and you know, I don't. Yes, he I would have loved to see a caution down out of the way. It would, it would have been to catch twenty two because I wanted to see a caution, but there was a missile coming behind me as well. Because you were trying to catch the twenty two, so, right? So yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how it would have played out. Uh, you know, the four. I thought we were better than the four, but I thought the eleven was better than us. So I'm not sure how. But I would definitely have loved to take a shot at it versus just staying three or four seconds behind him for the whole last part of the run there. So Joey knows how to block without TJ for the record. Yeah, apparently I mean, so. I've been telling you but this for a long time. <laughs> but he probably still sucks, according to a lot of fans. So <laughs> moving on, another Bubba topic. Bubba Wallace finishes P2 and says, sorry, I effing failed, y'all. Absolute effing failure on the radio. Freddie, I'm going to ask you this one again. Uh, yeah, kind of like what I told him during the race when he said it. I told him to shut up. Um, there's that was that was that was a, a phenomenal weekend for him. And I know, listen, Bubba's his own worst critic. Um, he's this Bubba being Bubba, and I've dealt with it forever. Um, and it's it's frustrating on my end because I know how much he wants to win. But I tried to reiterate this to him on Saturday night where. This is exactly what we needed to do. We had a very fast race car. We were the fastest in our group of practice. We sat on the pole and we ran up front most of the race. You know, I think we fell back maybe as far as 12th one time, but then once we got tires back on it, he stayed in the top 10, up top five most of the race. We passed a bunch of cars, drove back to the front. What he's upset about is the choose at the end of the race. Um, we talked about it and I don't know, you know, he thinks he should have done something differently. We talked about, we were running second, Harvick got a lucky break with a caution flag falling while he was on pit road, I think. Because somehow he pitted and didn't lose a lap, and he was able to stay maintain the lead. So when Denny got his penalty, instead of us being the leader and controlling the race, we were behind Harvick and had to choose based on him. And our options were simple. Uh, go to the bottom and race him, which we thought we could obviously beat him. We were better than him all day. Um, or pick behind him and push him out to the lead, and now we're racing him heads up at the end. And the, the downside of taking the bottom is if you don't beat him in turn one, now you're probably going to end up behind somebody like Joey or Kyle. But at the same point, Kyle picked behind uh, Kevin and he got ran up the hill in turn one. And, and he, I don't know where he finished, but he was nowhere near us. So it, you don't know what's going to happen. And Bubba, you know, I'm, Bubba hindsight thinks he should have took the top. I don't know. I don't think they would have, you know. You could line it up again right now the same way and it'd be completely different. Yeah, you could it, mix it up and it's, hey, there's. Who you, ultimately made that decision? Uh, Bubba. I, I, I told him, I, we, we talked about it and I said, here's your options. Here's the pros and cons of each one. I'm going to let you do it because I need him to believe whatever, you know, I don't want him me to tell him, I think you need to take the top. He takes the top and don't work out. You know, then he's hindsight because he listened to me instead of doing what is there or to listen to the team. Like I, I want him to be fully confident of what he's doing and him pick and, and go after it. But you know, it was, I, I'm just happy that, you know, I know he's upset about not winning, but I mean, you look what he's done the last month 
His average finish over the last month is 4.5. We've got four top tens in a row, three top fives in the last four races. Um, I think he's finally showing his potential. We're finally showing the speed we've had all year uh, without making mistakes and getting clean races. But I, I, it, I don't want to say I hate it when he gets like this because I know it's, it's just how he is and how it's – but it's hard to listen to when, like, I'm so proud of him and he's, like, beating himself up. And I know all the fans – I got blown up with texts and tweets from fans that, like, they're like, I don't understand. We're so proud of him. Why is he so upset? So hopefully he feels a little bit better about it today. I know he's bummed out yesterday, but it was a hell of a weekend. I'm spot on for your assessment. I'm spot off for him acting like that. Uh, he's got to be a leader in that scenario. If you look at Bubba Wallace's stats, 171 cup starts, only 10 top fives. Five of those came at plate tracks. He's had four top fives this year, which is more than he's ever had in his career. He's got 18 top tens total, six of which have come this year, more than he's ever had in his career top tens. He is building something. And when you look at your career as a race car driver, you don't just all of a sudden show up, unless you're Ross Chastain, and start kicking everybody's ass like Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, all the guys at Martin Truex's of the world, Denny Hamlin's. I mean, he's in a difficult situation, and he's made a lot out of it. I mean, dude, a year ago, I didn't know if he was going to make it with this race team. And now I look at it as, man, he is a staple in our sport. He is great for our sport. But you got to stay realistic in terms of what you think is, is, is going to happen. And I don't know why. I mean, me and you talked about it this weekend. He was in a I got to win mode all weekend. And, and you and I talked about it. I was like, man, if it's Daytona, he is. But like here, he just needs to keep building. And, I, and these guys feel so much pressure. And I think that's what it is for Bubba. He's getting out of the car and he's feeling so much pressure as being the only black guy in the race. He's feeling so much pressure as I got to win and get into this playoff. He's feeling so much pressure from his sponsors. He's feeling so much pressure to be in this car for a long time. Because there's a hell of a lot of people in the sport in the Cup Series and Xfinity Series and Truck Series that would love to have Bubba Wallace's job. I just think he is succumbing to that pressure, and he can't do that again. He's got to stop getting out of the car and crying and, and, and playing the victim. Dude, I would have loved to have finished second yesterday. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm spot off for that as well. I, I mean, could you imagine if uh, an interview with like Brendan Gaughan, if he finished second, how – Static he'd be and, and energetic and stuff. That's what I'd like to see from a guy because I thought Bubba drove a great race. Great race. I thought he did. He didn't fail anybody. He went out there and ran the race. Just because you sit on the pole doesn't mean you have to win the race. Doesn't mean. I mean, uh, it doesn't even happen that often, honestly, to to sit on the pole and win. So I think, uh, you know, you went out there and did your job. You and did it well. Yeah, I mean, you got put back in the pack. You raced through a lot of things and you got back up there. You had a shot at it. To me, that's you doing your job, and I thought he did a really good job. If he needs, to, I would like to see him get out and and pump his guys up. You know, we had a great car. We're gonna be really good at the next track. You know, and carry it in the next week, man. Momentum's hard to beat. You can't just go there and be like, hey, we're gonna take some momentum this week. That's hard to get. Yeah, and he's got right now. There, so there are some successful guys that are current Cup car drivers that have been to sports psychiatrists. There are a lot of guys who have read leadership books. Like, I think he needs to lean on some of those guys or, or some of those resources because you can't you can't do that, man. you got to come out looking like a champion. I mean, obviously, you're not a, quote, champion, but you, you just – man, when you restarted Freddie like 12th to 14th and you were buried back there, I was like, A, their pit strategy looks like it sucks, and B, I don't think he can drive back up through here, and I'll be damned. You drove right back up through yeah. there. Like, it wasn't no time, and you were up through there. Obviously, the caution came out, which changed some things, gave you an opportunity to, to, to get the win against Harvick, and Logano held you up. But, like, 
your car, Bubba, he probably drove the best race he's ever driven in his life. He's yeah. also racing around. You're racing. He's racing with great drivers too. Yeah. And he's right in the mix of all that. So I don't think he has anything to hang his head about, man. He's doing great. No, uh, I, I mean, mean you look at that restart. We're raising Harvick who, uh, I mean, they call the guy the closer for a reason. He's, you know, he's, that's his MO for his whole career yeah. is how to finish out races. You're between Logano and che, uh, Kyle Larson on the last restart and one racing your ass off. It's just, you know, I, I know it. And like we talk about the playoffs and trying to get in and, and Bubba's in a contract negotiation deal right now. And it's, like I almost I don't know if I shouldn't say this but like I don't give a shit about the playoffs I just want to continue to build yeah like I don't know that we can go win a championship so if I can't win a championship I don't know that I give a shit about being in the playoffs but we can continue to build off this and if you just continue to put yourself in we talk about this all the time if you put yourself in position to win enough you're gonna win races we've been in the top five now obviously uh, the road course was kind of just a survival deal but you know Loudon we finished third this week was second if you just continue to put yourself in position things will fall your way one of these times and and we're literally we are one like the timing we're half a lap or maybe three quarters of a lap from winning that race yesterday because if harvick gets lapped we come out with the lead we restart at the top we check out we're gone you know what i mean and i don't I think mean, anybody's you're catching one, you're one restart going just yeah. a little bit differently from yeah. being I, in the you lead, know so, so. It, there's like you said there's nothing to hang your head about it's I, he's it, doing you know, great i mean and to brett's point it is it is frustrating when like you know you kind of you work your ass off all day with him, and then at the end of the race, he's you know b- bummed out on the radio, and it's like, man, we just had a hell like you know Hardy's we just races had our are to win <laughs> best weekend ever, and I get it, I know how he feels, but like Brett said, there is a the world of pressure on him, but it's just like everything has to fall your way perfectly to win these races, just like what happened with yeah. the four. He he caught a lucky caution at the right time to get him the lead, and he capitalized on it. Like if that caution falls a little bit differently, like I said, a lap later. Bubba wins that race yesterday. So you never it's know. Just, it might it, next week. So yeah. you got to keep going. So just keep digging, put yourself in position, and, and we'll be fine. Speaking yeah. of pressure, this next topic. Oh, yeah. Understatement there. The playoff cutoff line is now at P2 in the point standings with Ryan Blaney, while P4 Martin Truex Jr. is out of the playoffs with three regular season races remaining. Spot on, spot off. Brett. I'm spot on for the drama. You know, like you, you look at this format, which we call it win and you're in. <laughs> hey, that may not be the case. You <laughs> it, might win and be out. It uh, might be. The, the way this is, is playing out, right? If we see two more winners in the next three races, which is likely. I hate to say it's likely, but it's likely. We've got three wildcard races coming up. Uh, two wildcard races with Watkins Glen and Daytona. But, man, Richmond is a really good racetrack for Martin Truex. Here's going to be the thing that plays out. Here's going to be the interesting thing. Ryan Blaney is sitting there with a target on his back. Obviously, he wants to go out and win the race. But he also needs to stay a Martin Tru- ahead of Martin Truex Jr. in points. And there's not that many points between them. So when you look at that gap and that stage is getting ready to end and you're Ryan Blaney's crew chief and you want to call the race to win it, you got to have in the back of your mind that you got to beat Martin Truex in points. And then you also got to hope that somebody else doesn't win it. So it, it's really going to come down to a hell of a lot of drama. You know, people are like, man, this ain't right, Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney is second in the point standings. He is 16th as of right now in the playoff standings. Holy cow. I mean, but that's what this created. People are like, oh, well, you can't – you know, if he's second points, he deserves to get in the playoff. No. That's not the rules to which we all signed up for when we agreed to go race full-time in the Cup Series this year. That ain't what the crew chiefs agreed to. That ain't what the drivers agreed to. It ain't what the spotters agreed to. It's not even what the sponsors agreed to. You know the rules. You know what it takes to get in. Do not change these rules and let a guy in that doesn't belong to be in. I personally think Truex is in a little bit of a better position 
than Ryan Blaney is. Yeah. Why? I th- because he can call his race based on what Blaney does. Now, if, if he's ahead of Blaney on the racetrack, it changes a little bit. But if I'm Martin Truex, I'm calling this race to win it. If I'm Ryan Blaney, I got to keep in the back of my mind how many points Martin Truex is behind me. I, yeah, I think the 19s had more speed than the 12 lately, but the 12 has done a better job at managing their races. And, and like I've seen two or three races where Martin was outrunning him by – 10 spots all day long or and and blaney ended up finishing in front of them you know there was a couple where were we i think it was nashville when they pit late yeah right now it's 19 points is 19 the gap. points 19 points is the gap and this is kind of multi-sided because not only you're obviously battling to get into playoffs right but you're also battling for second in points and second in points is 10 playoff points so these guys like you talked about blaney being fifth or 16th in points right now Whoever gets that second place is going to vault up into the top five in that playoff grid. So you're going to you're essentially going from Truex, who's out. I think he's got seven playoff points right now. Blaney's got five. Once once they get added ten plus whatever they get here in the next couple of weeks, they're going to vault up. I think the, the you know the guys in third and fourth right now have like twelve points. You know they're going to vault up ahead of them or right around them in points. So you're going to you're talking about going from seventeenth or sixteenth or, or out to in back into the top five on the grid. Um, but I'm telling you right now, this Daytona race, like you said, I think, you know, I personally think Truex can easily win this week. Uh, we've seen him be really good at Richmond before. Obviously, the Toyota's got really good speed right now. Um, so this could be a race where, you know, you might see that 16th winner. Um, but, you know, it's just that Daytona race is going to be wild. And going back to Bubba, like, you know, the run we've had here the last month, he's put himself in a position now, like two months ago. We, if we won a race, it almost didn't matter because we were so far behind all the guys in points that we were going to be the last guy in points and a win wasn't really going to do nothing for us. This run has put him in the position where now we're ahead of Kurt. We're right behind some of the other guys. And and now we if we win, we're in. Even, you know, if, if there's 17 winners, we win, we'll be in. Um, so, you know, th- just how much the points matter. People say this time, you know, points don't really matter and, and the stage points don't matter for some of these guys, but every point counts at all times. And if we go to Daytona and these guys are – 10, 15 points apart, Truex and, and Blaney without a win. What a what a wild race that's going to be. I really honestly think it's going to get down to that. I mean, I, I, Martin's got a good shot this weekend, but winning's hard. Winning's super oh. hard, and things have to go your way um, the whole race, really, to, to, to get these wins. And I could see Martin making up some ground on Blaney. I don't think Richmond's Blaney's strong suit by any means, but an average day for Blaney – would only let Truex gain about half them points back in a, in a race here, you know, maybe cause I don't, I think Blaney will run a smart race and he'll probably get a few stage points here and there, which will make it harder for Martin to chip away at it. But I think Martin can cut it in half, but when we get to Daytona, I, I could really see if we don't have a new winner, where do we go after this? Watkins, Watkins win. Who knows there? I mean, yeah, who knows? But I really think we could be going to Daytona with a two, three point difference between those two guys. Could you imagine we go to Daytona, right? And these guys are separated by like two or three points, whatever you want to call it. And they have to race their asses off the whole time and they're stage point racing. And then they spend their entire race doing that. And then Bubba or Corey or somebody wins that race and it's all for naught. Like you just, you just, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's that race in Daytona is going to be, if we, especially if we go there without anybody else winning, you know, we're sitting at 15 winners and them two are in a tight point race. You're looking at so many different scenarios of who, and, and Ross is right in there too with the point race battling for second. Um, but 
you know, you're looking at so many different scenarios of uh, a new winner knocks both of them out. Then now the two of them are racing each other for a, a three or four point gap. And any, I mean, you could be 10 points ahead of the guy coming to the white and then end up, you know, it could be a 10 point swing. So you're you know, telling me there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> that day, I'm telling you for us, you tell me oh, there's you a, got chance. a chance. Yeah. Somehow, some way. You so got if we a go chance. to Daytona and there's still no, no new winners and we win Daytona, you're in. Wouldn't that be ridiculously crazy? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's listen. This is whoever decided that this needed to be the cutoff race should get a raise because they're a genius. <laughs> I, like, mean, we, I think we talked about it many times. Yeah. So uh, the ship, the mailing address. Yeah. What is it? Three forty nine. I just think that the drama here is building up to something like we've never seen before. And and I remember Jeremy Mayfield being in a must win situation in the first year of the chase. Uh, for the Sprint Cup. It was either 03 or 04. And he's going into Richmond with a must-win situation, and he goes out and wins the race. And I'm not lying to y'all when I tell you this. It was hard then. It's even harder now because of the way the stages are and because of the way the, the, the cars are and because of how good these drivers are and because you're not practicing much, you're not getting to test. It's harder to win right now than it's ever freaking been in the Cup Series. And it's showing yeah. up. Yeah, and a lot of it, honestly, it's probably, I know it was some car back then too, but with all the horsepower and it, it, you could. There were there were ways to be faster. Yeah, you could. There was definitely more tools in the toolbox to use yeah. than there is now. Yeah. Is so. there, so with it really being, except if we were to get another first-time winner, with it being like a Ford versus Toyota with a Ryan and Martin are there team orders or manufacturer orders when it comes to somebody like a Bubba leading into these races where um, he could win too? No, I don't think so because Bubba, you know, it might be team order maybe on more on so on the side of Danny or Kyle that are already locked in that could help maybe, as, you know, talking about a place like Daytona really because there, there's nowhere else where you're going to be able to help. Um, you know, so maybe them guys can commit. We saw Danny, I think it was last year at Talladega. He committed to the back of the 20 car all day long. He was trying to push him to a win to advance him in the playoffs. And you could see that at Daytona, these guys, if Martin needs a win, these guys could rally behind him and, and do all they can to keep him in front of them and push him and, and ma maximize his day. But yeah, like somebody like Bubba, there's not going to be many team orders because Bubba needs to win himself. Bubba's trying to knock Martin out of the playoffs, essentially. Um, so yeah, on our side, there wouldn't be any team orders, but I could definitely see that from from the Cindric and, and Joey helping helping Ryan to, to, to all the JGR guys trying to help Martin. But, but here's the thing, man. Denny Hamlin is a modern-day Dale Earnhardt. He's the only guy in the field that is driving his car for a team owner and who also has other entries in the race that he owns, obviously. You're talking ownership-wise, because he yeah. was way too nice to Ross Pocono to be Dale Senior. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean Dale. I don't mean. He, yeah. he's, nah, he, let, yeah. me, let me rephrase right. that. The situation. 2311 is the modern-day DEI. Let me rephrase gotcha. that yeah. in that sense. And if you go back and you watch in the blink of an eye Michael Waltrip's documentary, he talks about Dale Senior sitting down with Dale Jr. and himself, Michael, and the three of them agreeing to work together at these plate races. And then we saw what DEI's success was over the years with Michael and Dell Jr. working together. Like, I, I think Denny is in a situation, and I think Denny's smart enough to know this. When he gets to Daytona, who needs a win more, him or Bubba Wallace? I mean, we... Bubba. I think it's Bubba Wallace. Yeah, and sure. I think he's smart enough to know that, that if it comes down to three yeah. laps to go, two laps to go, one lap to go, and you're in a position to go for the win or help your driver get the win, 
Man, that's a. I, I think he's smart enough to know he's got what to push if, Bubba Wallace to the what win. What if Martin's up there too? I if I'm Denny Hamlin, I know who I'm pushing. And you talk about like not you know team orders team orders notwithstanding. If you're Denny Hamlin, do you want Martin Truex in the playoffs? No, you don't I want Bubba I mean, Wallace. You know what I mean, or anybody? Because really. I'd rather race against Bubba. No offense to Bubba Wallace. No offense to you guys, but I would rather race against Bubba for a championship and think I can beat him than I would Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, and Bubba, I, I will tell you this, man. Bubba knows how to run, be around these plate races too. So. 100. Daytona is getting more interesting by the week. He's gotten really good. Freddie's gotten really good at calling those races. You've won truck race and cup race. In, in plate racing, should have won an Xfinity race. Should have won. Should have wrecked me. I um, mean, there's an asterisk. <laughs> a million percent. There's an asterisk on the cup win. You had oh, to get that yeah. rain. Yeah. Yeah. You got the money. You kissed a girl. You got the points. I blocked your ass. That's all that matters. Oh, it but, but no, like I literally look at Denny Hamlin 2311 as a modern day DI. Nobody else is doing it. He is. He's doing it well. TJ, this one is for you. Brad Kozlowski says the sport needs more penalties and that NASCAR needs to be handing them out like candy right now to get control of the garage. Spot on, spot off. Jason, just throw that wherever you want. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I think these comments come from the road course stuff because of... <laughs> I think these come from the road course deal because of the turn one moves and nobody really having any respect for each other when you get there and it just being... Hit or be hit, I, and I don't. I don't think that's a way to. I do think there were some moves that they were made knowing they were going to cause wrecks. And uh, like, if you go all the way to the bottom, you cross that white line. That's the pit exit line. Enjoy the guy. You're not making the corner. You still you hop the curb, but you know you're going to force a wreck. I mean, uh, the odds of a wreck happening. I just think it stops. It would stop stuff like that. I mean, not you know. I, I do think. I don't think Bubba went down there to do that earlier in the race. Bubba went down there just because he was going to hit and he was trying not to wreck wreck everybody. (laughs) But there's a difference between, I mean, I don't know. I I just think he just missed the corner. (laughs) But another guy went down there purposely to, here you guys go. I'm here. You guys wreck out there while you get some spots. I'm I'm spot off if that's the case. I'm spot on if there are people that have an advantage in aero or engine or mechanical or whatever and and technically – they're cheating. I, I think you should be handing penalties out like candy. I think the garage can police itself a little bit. When's somebody going to wreck Joey Logano for what he did at Indy? When's somebody going to wreck Ross Chastain for what he's done multiple times this year? When's somebody going to wreck? When's somebody going to pay somebody back? If you police it yourselves, you can stop some of that. So maybe Brad needs to start wrecking people. I think I think Brad was talking more to the tech side of things, um, you know, and, and I don't think he really. Oh was, yeah, I know. guess I. I'm just. I <laughs> yeah, thought, I, yeah, thought but, it was after Indy, but yeah, you're probably right on that know, too. But it's and I mean it's both ways. I mean we you know like Brad said the the garage can police itself both ways really, mm-hmm. um, but you know I'm spot on if he's talking about more about tech because listen we've said on here a thousand times if you give these guys an inch they're going to take a mile and. And we've already seen it. You know, guys are getting caught with, you know, who knows what. You know, the only one that's been really transparent about it has been JGR about what was on there. And, and it was a little piece of a little piece of tape made a, a difference in the speed of the car. Um, so these teams are finding ways to do this. So now if you, if you drop the hammer on them now, you know, we talk about this on here before that the, the, the cream's always going to rise to the top. And the reason why the cream rises to the top is because they've got the money. They've got the money to develop parts that, that are going to help, or they got the money to research and develop stuff that they, they makes a small difference. But when the cars are 
so close together, a small difference is a huge gain on the racetrack. So, you know, they're already we already see these teams finding these gray areas to work in. So if you let it continue down that path, the gap's only going to get bigger. And the, 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 the difference in these teams is only going to get bigger. And these yeah. teams are the teams with money are going to start outperforming I the can't lower stand budget teams. when somebody says, well, it was just a piece of tape. Well, it was still put in a certain spot to gain an advantage. It doesn't matter if it's tape, uh, 1989 upper deck football card. It doesn't matter what it is. It's if it's in a certain spot. To it was gain on it. there for a reason. I, th- I yes. think this guy, let's set the context here. He's got he's got salty balls right now. He's mad. He's 29th in points. His teammate, Chris Busher, he's part owner in this team, by the way. He's 22nd in points. They're not setting the world on fire, and they got busted with a massive penalty to start the season. He's still mad about it. And he obviously thinks, if he's speaking to the technical side, which is the way I took this, he obviously thinks some people are still doing some things they shouldn't be doing, and they're getting away with it. It's kind of what I take out of this quote. I think you, when you word things a certain way, will you manipulate a certain body piece or whatever that you're not allowed to do? You set the tone for that in the beginning of the year, and now it's a different penalty later on. I think that's – I realized, to me, they were setting the tone. Don't mess with stuff. Well, people did, and there's a totally different penalty for it, just my side of it. So you think. think that Denny and Kyle Busch's penalty should have been the exact same as Brad Keselowski's penalty? Uh, I mean, depending on – if does it, like, does it matter if it's a piece of tape or – another body piece that you put on there. Does it matter? Does it really matter what you do? That's what I'm asking. I think it does. I don't think it matters. I think think there's levels of things. If you're manipulating, well, what's the next level? Two pieces of tape? Yeah. I think think if you're manipulating, I think if you're, I think there should be a difference if, if you put a piece of tape on the nose versus if somebody, you know, uh, I don't know, heats and and bends a piece of your car or cuts, you know, cuts the the tail and and kind of shrinks it a little bit. Like there should be different different levels of penalties. I think. But if they're both trying to impact the how their car is, wouldn't it be kind of so? You're saying a car that ran in the 20s at Atlanta and didn't, you know, fixing a piece that was repaired gets a higher penalty. But what a car that won the race? If they let that go, if they let that go, or the penalty is not as severe. How, who's the next guy going to go? Yeah, well, I was just trying to fix my spoiler. That's why I shaved an inch off of it. You know, like I, mean, I just think you set the set the bar. If you I mess know, with it, you get the penalty. This oh, is what it's going to be. Everybody's getting a penalty. Danny got a uh, essentially a fifty to sixty point penalty. I don't remember how many points he earned in that race. He got a three hundred thousand dollar fine for the the money he lost from going first to second. So and and he lost the playoff points. He he lost five playoff points, and the guy his one of his biggest rivals gained five. So that's a ten point swing. You know, there there wasn't like they got off the hook scot free. And and I think that there is different levels of penalties for the for the teams. Right? Are you team Freddie? The or bad team part TJ? about it is he still celebrated here. You know what I mean? He still celebrated. Took the trophy home. Took all the victory lane pictures. Got all the hats. Took everything home. So, but I, to me, it's tire on, tire off, black and white. You manipulate something. I mean, and they got penalized for it. And I just think that there's there there's, there should be different levels of penalties. Like if you if if, if you you know if you uh, there's just different levels. You know, you can push the bar a little bit. It shouldn't be the same penalty for a piece of tape if you damn cut your damn quarter panel in half and then make it's it smaller. Hard to, it's just hard to, to decide where the levels yeah, are. and that's why that's their job. Here's notice. what I don't understand in any of these scenarios, Casey, to your question, and this is where it gets really tricky. If you think you might be cheating, why wouldn't you submit what you're doing to NASCAR and say, is this Okay. Now, clearly, you're going to try to work to get an advantage in different areas of the car. 
We've been doing that. It's what makes NASCAR great. It's what I like the least about our sport right now from a pioneering standpoint is the box has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. But if you're truly worried about what you're doing at Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing or what you're doing at Joe Gibbs Racing, and you think in the tech process they're going to raise an eyebrow to it, why wouldn't you ask somebody and say, hey, is this going to be okay? Well, because then if you ask, then it calls attention to it and they will make sure it's not okay because then they'll have other teams do it and, and it won't Denny give them, Hamlin the, keeps give them the, win, the advantage. And Denny Hamlin keeps his win without that piece of tape on, which you can't convince me that two counts of downforce is why Denny Hamlin won that race. It was four, but I mean. Was it four? <laughs> oh, I heard three Holy um, Let me ask you a question about both of you. Do you think there was one 100% legal car in the field yesterday? I think mine was. <laughs> Mine too. Well. <laughs> You're both wrong. I mean, I mean, we see yesterday. Usually, usually where I ran. I think I was pretty. We legal. see yesterday. I mean, I was giving. I seen Kevin, Kevin Bellacourt on Friday or Saturday before practice, and the 77 failed tech for something. You know, like the 77. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's not a car in that field that is 100 percent legal, and if there is, that guy's not doing his job right. I I think it's heavily policed they do the best job they can do nascar's pretty thin on people these days man yeah you know you used to look at them and there was one official per car on pit road now there's like one per six or seven cars i think they've gotten pretty good with the whole tech process it flows pretty good now and um i mean it it actually i I think they do a good job with getting everything through you don't have as many remember like a couple years ago we used to have cars not even through tech practice will start and things like that. Yeah. So only thing you're ever going to hear me really complain about from a tech perspective and a rule perspective is, is if we start changing what that box looks like mid season. Like if, listen, if you got something going on in the beginning of the year, I get it. You got it. You got to correct it. But if we've run the amount of rate, we got 13 races left. Don't come in here now with a freaking rule change. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying when it happens, in in post middle of the year that drives me bananas. but if you are nascar and like freddie said no team is following the rules to a t so they're going to find ways that teams are finding the advantage and they're going to make changes because they have to i mean this is a long season they're not going to just start something at the beginning of the year unless you're talking about on track such as an indie i feel like that's a different story but i don't think that they're going to be able to figure out exactly what teams are doing at the beginning of the if year it's something really blatant they do they fix it I think they do a good job. I mean, we went to Daytona for the 500, and what did all the cars look like? Remember they remember the left? They were skewed like yeah. And then oh, for the test, yeah, yeah. Well, we know it went back for the race. Yeah. Remember it was worse at the race, yeah. and then they fixed it. Like now, yeah, this is guys happening. aren't doing this. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think they do a good job of. I don't. I mean, they've been pretty. They've stayed on course this year. I think it's like. I think you seen last week was it last week what whatever week it was I guess it was Pocono you know yeah they hammered they hammered the forty three and the forty two they found something there like it was like they 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 were sending a message that week like listen we're gonna go through and we're gonna find stuff and they hammered them they hammered the thirty four that same week they got Danny and and Kyle into victory lane um or in tech I should say and then they got the forty two and the forty three that one week you know so yeah. that that was you know that's kind of NASCAR's way of sending a message like hey but I we think know what do, the hell you guys are I doing I think they do a good job at like when they when they do that stuff it's kind of like you get it's, they get your attention it's you also know? a new car so they're still yeah. figuring it out just like you guys so are. are the teams. <laughs> 
Dorbert McClear fans, we want to give you five reasons why RacingUSA.com is our favorite store for NASCAR merchandise. First, NASCAR fans have rated RacingUSA.com Google's top source for NASCAR merchandise, so you can always buy with confidence. Second, RacingUSA.com discounts every in-stock and pre-order item every day, so no need to wait for a sale. Third, RacingUSA.com guarantees the lowest advertised diecast prices, so you don't have to shop around for a better price. Fourth, RacingUSA.com ships all in-stock orders the next business day. You can get your order faster than anyone else in the business. Fifth, RacingUSA.com has a wide selection of current season merchandise for the sport's most popular drivers. You can always find great products that aren't always available elsewhere at the lowest prices. Like all the number three Dale Earnhardt Jr. 2022 Sundrop merchandise for Dale's late model race at North Wilkesboro on August 31st. RacingUSA.com is Door Bumper Clear's choice for NASCAR merchandise, and we want it to be yours as well. Whenever you need new merch to support your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, where you're always somebody special. Engine, engine number nine. I'll tell you, if they don't hurry up and pick this track, I'm going to run out of beer and cigarettes. Okay, so TJ, look at the date all the time. Why don't we tell you this date? Hey, Freddie, just letting you know we got the beige GMC out in the parking lot in case you want to have Bubba come out and hit us. Like you said, everything held on the track, so. Hey now, Jason, got a message for you. Get out of Dillner's ass. Reaction Theater starts now. All right, NASCAR, so you're trying to grow the sport. Well, the worst way to do it is have your TV network set there and have a little bit of it over here on the NBC Sports app, a little bit over here on Peacock, a little bit over here on the USA Network, and a little bit over here sprinkled on NBC. You know, it's crazy that you have to watch practice on the NBC Sports streaming app, qualifying on the Peacock app, um... Countdown to green on USA and then the race on NBC. This is getting ridiculous. You can't gain new fans like that. Does that really happen? Do we have you? No, that's an extreme example. But this weekend, it was was like, it's so hard to find where stuff is. It's not. I've seen a lot of complaints about practice and qualifying being on different, like NBC Sports versus Peacock and. I think it's better than not having it on at all like it, they do sometimes. Yeah, I don't think Xfinity qualifying was on. I see some complaints about that. But I, I don't. why wouldn't everything just be on Peacock? I don't understand that. I thought it was going to be, but it hasn't been because I don't have any NBC Sports login, so I have to rely on Ben's Peacock account to watch anything. <laughs> and so this weekend it was nothing. Okay, IndyCar is all on Peacock, login. which is nice. It's been great. There becomes a point in other sports where owners have buried their teams so far in <laughs> that their fans begged them to sell so they can restructure and rebuild I know where this is and going. hopefully improve. Rick Ware, this is your call to action, buddy, because if you're going to keep putting moving barriers in the middle of the pack, causing dangerous wrecks like you did today, you need to get the hell out of NASCAR as quickly as possible. Thank God Cindric got out of that car. I mean, it didn't even look like they told JJ the green had dropped. He was going that slow. I mean, you even have Steve Letarte calling y'all's asses out on the air, saying y'all just need to stay in the back of the pack because that is where you belong. It's hard to argue that. I mean, and and I think that they're they. I think they take a step in the right direction next year. Um, just read some articles this week where you hear Cole Custer's name maybe potentially going over there. Which you think if that would happen, it would be a little bit better alliance with RCR, maybe cutting SHR. back to 
ASHR, uh, maybe cutting back to one car. Maybe they sell a charter, cut back to one car, and kind of focus on just getting a little bit better, please. Seabell might have pinched him. Ross might have thought he was closer to the wall than he actually was and came a little to the left. It doesn't really matter. The point is this. If team never lift, f***ing lifts, he might still have a chance to win the race. Team never lift. I like that. The Ross Chastain I, I, don't give a f- to her. That's I'm not lifting. Stop. If I'm ro- I've got tires, I'm passing you. This is my I'm this is my advantage. Yeah, I'm but not you still can't. Lifting. Well, if you have to lift, if you don't lift, you 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 have no chance of winning the race. If you wreck that guy there, why is but, that guy blocking multiple times? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. I if turn Ross, left. If I turn Ross left next time. Does just not take care of it. If Ross causes a caution there, his race is over. Over. You have to lift. Even I know you don't want to lift. I'm but not you lifting. Ha- you have to lift. You I'm not to. lifting. Okay, then you lose. Okay, I you still throw got more. away your chance. Why, are you, why got, are you not lifting? Because I've got more wins but, than that guy. Well, anyway, why are you so. not lifting? Because you want you want to get to the front, and win the race. Well, you're not lifting for that. But now you by not lifting, you've thrown any I chance can, you have I of winning. I can tell you this: Christopher Bell's not going to block three times in the same corner next time. Maybe he will. But I told you what. You know what? It didn't happen. The Ross had no chance to win the race after that yesterday. I really don't think that. But he's going. I'm not lifting either, though. If that's I've got fine. tires, that's fine. I mean, that that's. It's stupid is what it is. It's stupid on the guy's <laughs> part that's slower and in the way. No, it's not. He's supposed to hold you up. That's his job right there is to hold you up. What's the common rule of blocking? You block once, right? You block uh, twice, I, I what happens? I didn't know there was a rule. I, well, you've said it before. you said how many times? If you block once, great. When you go to, how, how does a guy get wrecked? I just when you I, I want to see a full-blown slow-mo replay of this thing because there's a hell of a lot more room to the left than there is to the right. There's a wall on the right. There's four lanes and an apron out on the yeah, left. Yeah, so when a guy's on the outside of you, you might want to use room on the left Again, and not I think the room Bell, on the I right. Think it, I put this wreck on Bill. I, I really do. Uh, there's just no I, reason I, for I either one of them. don't know why he leaves the wall. There's yeah. no reason for either I one just, of them. The guy's got tires. You make it as hard as you can by running the preferred lane. This is literally what we talk about sometimes. Two guys going for the same spot. This is a racing deal. I'm here for it. I'm, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> you just, the majority of people think that was Christopher Bell's fault. But, uh, I mean, Ross had more to lose right there. A lot more. Congratulations to Kevin Harvick. Finally got the monkey off his back. I'm happy for him. But boy, I got to tell you, y'all want to give Ross a bunch of jazz. What, what about this 22 car? We're going to go six wide at the Indy Road Course and wreck half the field. We're going to dump William Byron when there was no reason to. We're going to drive in our heads here at Michigan and run right in the side of Kyle Larson on the last restart. We're going to block the hell out of the 23. I mean, when are y'all going to get on him? I mean, <laughs> mother hit everything but the flag man a couple times this year. Uh, we got on him last week. I think we've been on him a little bit. We, we called him an idiot last week, and I don't think Even he did anything TJ wrong. Did. TJ called him an idiot, too. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong by blocking us. And, you know, him, he didn't run into Larson. He ran us into Larson. Kind of, He got loose, but he didn't run into us. He just got loose underneath us and ran us up into Larson. Um, but that's just going for it. I don't think it's dirty by any means. Last week was dirty. What he did at the road course was ridiculous. Uh, but this week, I didn't see anything he did wrong. I ain't going to work tomorrow. It's been 686 days Since number four found Victory Lane I'm getting drunk as hell Might even go to jail But I don't give a <laughs> Cause I'm heading for the mounds of bush And I don't mean my wife <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I don't even God. know what to say. <laughs> All right, so I, I saw slow motion, okay. and I still think Bell needs to 
the guy's coming with tires. You put him in a hard spot. Okay, he's got you. But there is <clears throat> a little turn. Oh, Ross definitely turns down on him. But, I mean, Bell's coming up regardless, oh, yeah. I think. Right here. Right there. The Bell wasn't coming up right there. And Ross had a foot and a half to the wall. And Ross turned him. The little, the little yank to the left right, right here. There, he turned him. Without a doubt, he turned him. Oh, 100%. And it's just, un- I mean, it's just, ah, whatever. We'll cut that out. It's a racing deal. You too can leave an audio message for us 24-7. Just go to anchor.fm slash clear. You will see the message icon, and we'll just keep playing the best ones each week. I think Denny liked that song last week. <laughs> he did. It was funny. It's fast. I saw him walking that dog after the uh, Xfinity race on Saturday, and, uh, he had his phone up to his ear, and I heard that song playing. <laughs> Motivation. Yeah, he's going to win the championship now. Yeah, got fired that up. song. Modern day Mark Martin. What's up, Dirty Mo Media fans? This is IndyCar driver Connor Daly and comedian Joey Molinaro, and we're Speed Street, Dirty Mo Media's newest podcast. We dive into the latest happenings in IndyCar, NASCAR, and F1 every week, as well as life on and off the track. Speed Street is available now on all major podcasting platforms. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Speed Street Pod. It is time for the Ask DBC Offer Pad question of the week. Don't forget to send in your questions on Twitter each week using hashtag AskDBC, and we will keep playing the best or keep answering the best ones. Uh, this first one is from JMac89. Do you think NASCAR needs to update the charter system like Rick Ware Racing using a charter to run last every week? If you could change the system, what would you change? Freddie? Um, I don't think you need to change the system. I think you need to enforce the system. I think there should be a uh, relegation process. If you're, they have a rule in place where if you're the last charter or the last points team for three years in a row, whatever it is, they have the right to revoke your charter. And I think that that's what should happen. If listen, Rick Ware's not doing anything wrong. You know, he's, he's doing the best he can. Um, and then unfortunately they need to be a little bit better, but they've, they've taken a better, a bigger step forward this year than years past. They're, they're still not the best cars on the racetrack, but they're not like completely in the way that like they had been forward. in years past. Um, but listen, if you're going to be the la- the slowest car two or three years in a row, you should lose your charter. And it should go to – you've got guys, Denny, you've got Dale, you've got Matt Colleg probably wants more. Justin Marks might I want another one. I saw some new team starting. Uh, yeah, I've seen some about a, a, 30, a German team or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's guys out there that I don't think we need them. But, you know, I think a guy like Danny, like these guys will – put the time and effort in to put a competitive car on the track and the more competitive cars on the racetrack, the, the better the field's going to be. I want to see two things with a charter system. Number one, I want to see an announcement in the very near future where we say publicly that this charter system has been extended because if you're looking for more owners to come in and you're looking for more manufacturers to come in and Which you're we limited, have. we apparently and, have, and you're limited to 36 charters that you don't know two years from now what that model looks like, that's a bad thing. And I don't care what they tell you behind closed doors. Until there's a public announcement, I'm not buying it. We need, for the for the long-term growth of the sport, we need to know what that charter system plan is. Because why would TJ Majors go pay $12 million for a charter and the very next year they change the model? 
and you waste your investment. So I want to see that happen. The second thing I want to see happen is I want to see us go back to running 43 car fields. It's very obvious that we can run. We're going to have to run 36 every single week. Expand that charter system to 40. Figure out how you model that so that when you sell those four new charters that are available to the guys you just mentioned, Freddie, what do you do with that money? How do you divide that money amongst the other teams that have charters? And I don't mean, no offense, the BJ McLeods of the world. I don't mean the Rick Wares of the world. They don't deserve new money that comes in as a result of a new charter being created. But Joe Gibbs Racing, Rick Hendrick, all those guys that are running up front, they do deserve some money. So I would love to see us have a 40-car chartered field with three open cars. I don't know why, but just a nostalgic feel of it. If we're going back to 43 cars, I love because that's what I remember in NASCAR growing up. It's what I still love. But I, I'm, I, I, that's the two things I would change about the charge system if you put me in charge today. Yeah, you have to have open cars because of, like you said, Austin Hill get a start yesterday. If there's no open cars in the field, then that, that doesn't happen. So you need to have some spots open for open cars. Hey, I agree. I'd like to see the field extend a little bit more instead of being at 38. Um, I would definitely like to see it go back to what it what it was. And it'd be cool to see some guys have to, hey, these two need to qualify in. I mean, I always, I always kind of thought that was who's going to go out there and lay down a lap. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was – I do miss that part of it. Um, but like you said, you can't just – you can't just change the deal and next year guy pay X amount of dollars this year and this guy next year gets it for nothing. You know, there's, does that guy get a refund? Is there a return policy? Um, but, I, I mean, I, I like the charter, how it's working right now, but I just think, Freddie, like, you do need to enforce some things and put pressure on people to perform. You're just going to have better races. Your ownership in NASCAR was worth pennies on the dollar for, for so many years. I mean, yeah. you were literally only worth the parts that were in your building because typically you didn't own your building. You were leasing the building. You know, your people are your people. They can leave, go wherever they want. Like you didn't have anything of any value. That charter system uh, that the RTA put in place, it, it changed all that. And it also gives the owners a bigger seat at the table. I think they used to have to bow down to whatever NASCAR said. I think now they're in a position where they can kind of bow out their chest and, and fight some of these big issues that they need to fight. Yeah, I, 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 I think the days of sending people home is over. Um, the, the difference between the charter system and the open cars is, is too big. The, the only ones you ever see nowadays is a one-off like Austin Hill yesterday or that 27 and 26 show up once in a while. I, you know, unfortunately, I just don't. I think the gap is too big there where it's not really financially feasible to run an open car. Um, but, you know, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I think there's, there's ways to just do it without having to expand it. Like, I, I don't think you need to expand it to get them guys in. There's ways to take these charters away from teams that aren't performing. And, you know, whether you auction it off, however you can do it, like, let's just get the – instead of expanding and just leaving these three or four cars out there that don't belong on the racetrack – Let's just get the best 36 teams we can get and move forward with that. This next one is from Jack W. Bradley. I heard the 23 team using McDonald's items as code words for pit stops. How often are those changed and are they always sponsored oriented? Um, obviously, I guess just they is were a new listener radio. <laughs> just the first year you guys, last year, your first year you used co words or this year? Um, we, we, we've always had them. We never really had to use them yet. Yesterday we used them because we were going to be in position. We thought all day, uh, to, to capitalize on some stuff. So, uh, we really didn't use them much, honestly, after the first couple we've stops. Been, I've been, we've had code words since. I've had to use code words since 2018. Yeah, and you have to change them every week because obviously we, I was given booty. It was, here's how little we use the code words. So uh, we were 
running up front. I think we were leading at the first stage there. And we had, obviously, you have, you know, two left sides, right sides, uh, fuel only, stay out, or four tires are your five basic, uh, you know, strategies. And we had two code words for each one because you have to, if, if I say we're going to do Big Mac and we come in and do right sides, well, you know, the next time I say Big Mac, we're doing right sides. So we have two code words for each each uh, strategy. And uh, <laughs> I forget what the hell we were getting ready to do, but Pootie's like, all right, cheeseburger and chicken nuggets. And I'm like, well, f- Booty, that's both codes. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, JR, tell them to stop using both the codes. At the, at the same, same time. time. Now you don't have one in your pocket. Can we say no tomato? Because that's what I, I, that'd be my code. No tomato. Uh, there was one time we were doing filet of fish and I didn't want to say it because that damn filet of fish, I don't, I don't. I know. ordered no tomato Saturday and I got a big ass tomato. You did get a big tomato. That's the worst thing ever. I like, <laughs> I hate tomatoes and it's the worst thing ever. Because it always is like, you can't not have if it. Like, you, so one thing I noticed when we do get stuff catered, they start putting tomatoes in bags by themselves, yeah. which is great because everyone's like, oh, I'll just take it off. No, because it sits there and soaks in to whatever you're it's eating juicy it's seedy it's disgusting Ugh. is what it is like, i hate a tomato i hate tomatoes so i love ketchup does anybody like tomatoes we're an anti-tomato podcast do you now. not like tomatoes either Good i Lord. don't either it, they're so nobody, disgusting everybody, if you like a tomato get out <laughs> yeah just just go everyone's like oh it's the same thing no it's absolutely not the same we thing went somewhere ketchup. claudia got a damn tomato salad it's just tomatoes and a piece of cheese i'm like what, what the hell is she eating know, didn't doesn't tell junior eat that sandwich Probably mayo and tomato. Oh, that's disgusting. I seen. Hold on a second. By the way, he's talking about sandwich. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm going to hurry. Uh, somebody tweeted out Richard Petty's favorite sandwich is yeah. mayonnaise and black pepper. What? That's what my grandma made those growing up. Ugh. Yeah. Mayonnaise sandwich. I've had mayonnaise Protein. and like American cheese. It had cheese. to be a certain kind of mayonnaise, and it's a competitor mayonnaise to Junior Motorsports, but it was not. Uh, it had to be yeah, a lot of is mayonnaise. Is it a college basketball team? <laughs> yeah, it is a college basketball team. <laughs> I've had mayonnaise and, and like American cheese on a sandwich, um, but just, not just a bunch of mayonnaise. Ugh, I love mayonnaise. I don't think I can do it. All right, who's <laughs> the offer pad question of the week? Uh, I like the business aspect of yeah. sport. Uh, Jay Mac is uh, he's on to something, and and look, man, those conversations need to be had. The James McFadden. That's <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to JMac eighty nine for having this week's offer pad question of the week. It's time for us to get to our favorite Xfinity XFi more than fast moments from this week. Whether you're behind the wheel or online, speed isn't the only thing you need. What were your favorite more than fast moments this week? TJ. You know, uh, my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment, I really want to give it to Harvick because I thought he did a badass job of just taking what was given at times and you put him in a position to win the race at the end. There's a reason he's called the closer and he got it done. But this pains me a little bit, but I want to give it to Logano for holding off, for taking a probably a mid-teens place car and running where he ran with it. So that's hard to do. And, you know, he makes it look easy sometimes but it's not still not easy to do i mean it's still uh, i mean he's obviously it's a skill because not everyone can do it as good as what you know what he can so right uh i gotta give it to give it to them for you know getting more out of what than getting more out of it than what was probably there right Bubba Wallace, uh, easy one for me, man. Xfinity X5, more than fast moment. This guy's doing a lot of things right this year sat on the pole finished second in the race he's led 153 laps 
this year. That's more than he's ever led in his career in a single season. It's almost more than he's ever led in his career combined. So, again, I see him and my good friend Freddie and obviously Denny and those guys at 2311 trending in a good way and setting themselves up for a really solid end of the year. And people, you know, look, we all want to be in the playoffs. And when you're not in the playoffs, everything shifts at that point to building momentum for the next year. And if they they make it, they make it. Obviously, you got to win one of the next three races. But if you don't, you're certainly trending in the right direction to be in a different conversation going into the 2023 season from a competitive standpoint. So shout out to Bubba Wallace. If you look at 2311 racing, it started off, ended up getting a win, which is great. Probably unexpected and lucky at the same time the first year. Um, now you got Kurt and he's obviously helping elevate the program, I think as well. And, and probably mentoring Bubba quite a bit because Kurt's a great race driver. I mean, he's really good. So, uh, it's good to see, um, I think Bubba's turning the page and, and he's competitive every week now. So before I kick it to Freddie, I mean, you bring up a good point too. When you got a Kurt Busch on your team, you got to chase that guy. You can't have him beating you 10 spots every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we see it with Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon. There's a big gap a lot of times. Um, but to, I mean, look, at RCR and Nick's Finley side, Austin Hill outruns the shit out of Sheldon Creed every week. Um, when, when you look at those gaps, it, it puts more pressure. I mean, I remember when we left the Wood Brothers with Elliot, a single, single car team, and Dale Jarrett's your teammate. Guess what you had to do? Mm-hmm. You had to freaking step it up. You couldn't have yeah. DJ out there leading all the laps, and you run freaking 19th. So I think a lot of positives just for what Bubba's Kurt's got going on. But Kurt's not the competitor. It's not I need to beat him deal. Kurt's, Kurt could win the race and see Bubba finish fifth. He'd be like, hey, man, really good job this weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like picking him up. So Kurt's a great teammate, man. Yeah, and you talk about pressure. Uh, Bubba, like I said, has averaged a 4.5 finish since they announced Tyler Reddick's coming to 2311 race. Just, just – to add to that, uh, more than fast moment, I'm gonna give it to Denny. Uh, they, they, oh, wow, they, so surprised. They so shocked. Gave another one away yesterday. I'm thinking that's. I think he'll tell you that's 42. How do you give it to he, a guy that messed up? He didn't I mess mean, up. His team crew did. messed up. He didn't oh, mess up. Get, he took. He did all he could. He more than fast. <laughs> I'm just what, giving there you a hard was, time. There was. He was P24 with 35 laps to go and drove back to third. Oh, he did. He it. was the he fastest drove, car on the racetrack. He drove through the field a couple times. Yeah, he was the fastest car on the racetrack. I thought all day yesterday. Um, if anybody wants to get out and be mad and kicking stuff and pissed off after the race is over, it probably should have been him. Uh, but yeah, that my more than fast moment goes to him just for that last run alone driving back. When and he, he was, was clear cars and there yeah. was a gap in front of him, he ran the next car down. Yeah ridiculously he was fast. about two or three seconds behind us when he got clear of i don't know if it was logano at that point or what but he yeah. was coming and like oh, if that right. race was five more laps he probably was going to get to us so <laughs> was uh, fast, he yeah. was hauling ass yesterday here on door bumper clear being more than fast is a way of life thankfully there's plenty of weekly action for our xfinity x5 more than fast moments you know what else is more than fast xfinity x5 with the speed for all your devices you can get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected with Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And Casey, don't forget to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. What an idiot, man. Time for What an Idiot. Brett, who's your pick? 
You know what wasn't more than fast? Getting out of that damn place. <laughs> well, and I hate to do this. I mean, I, oh, I know you don't. I, you're lying I, already. <laughs> I know I complain a lot on this show about a lot of things, but I, I truly, I mean, I got to go what I said in the beginning of, of the podcast. My what an idiot is whoever implemented the traffic pattern into and out of the racetrack yesterday. I came into the racetrack from Brooklyn, Michigan, and there were three lanes available for use. Guess how many we were using? One, you're correct. You got the right answer, TJ. I drive by seven gates on my left that should have been open to let people turn in to go park. No, they're all locked. I get up there to the cop. He's like, you know where you're going? I was like, yes, sir. I'm going to the tunnel. How are you going to get there? I was like, well, hopefully you're going to let me go straight. We're not letting you go straight. You got to turn in right here. I was like, you know where the problem is, is you're making everybody turn in right here. And then they're going back toward Brooklyn inside your fence. Why don't you open a gate back there? And we wouldn't have all this traffic around this racetrack. And he's like, well, that's not up to us, sir. And I said, man, you ought to get mad. I'm not mad. I've been sitting in this shit for 45 minutes, but I'm just telling you, like a little bit of common sense goes a long way. We see these racetracks hit home runs with it and Michigan struck out. Bad. Really bad. It was, <laughs> I've never been, I mean, I felt like I was stuck in an we elevator, like the three man. stooges in there. That's what we look like in that parking lot. I mean, I looked, if, I wish I had GPS on my car it, during the You know that, that time. what's that Austin Powers movie where that, or, uh, uh, that dude's uh, backing uh, up uh, in that hallway? Uh, That's what we all look like, trying to get out of the racetrack after the race. TJ, what's your one idiot? Is that I it, just, too? Yeah, I mean, I've never been. We literally would pass each other. I passed Noah twice. I passed him twice. We're literally... Go to that gate. Well, then we passed her. Hey, don't go that way. Don't go that way. We're, like, I've never had to do that before. We're just trying to leave the racetrack. Why are we stuck? Uh, so I could I could easily give it to the cop that told me we had to sit there until every motorhome got out of the infield. Oh, the guy let Brett but go. But he said to me, he said, we got uh, the, the motorhomes got priority. Once they all get out of here, then you can go. I'm like... There's hundreds of motorhomes in here. What are you talking about? And then all I did all that driving around, like back and forth the gates. I was in turn four, turn one, go out turn one, come down the backstretch, go out the backstretch gate. They still weren't letting people out of that infield. Yeah. So it, I don't know what was oh going on. Oh my god! So I'll tell you this: I got on that access road to turn one, and of course there's a motorhome blocking it. There's a guy hooking his his camper up, <laughs> blocking the other side, and I'm sitting there just like. Just and there's a line of cars behind me because that's how it went. You yeah. know what I mean? And but uh, how about the? I mean, I'm super impressed with the weekend as far as um, activities going on at the racetrack. The crowd was amazing after a storm in the beginning. I looked down there and there was a sea of people there still. We so. got a trophy. We, me and Brad picked up a trophy for DBC picks in the infield this week. Uh, but oh, I still I have to that. go the back. The 3D printed one. Yeah, I have yeah, to go good. back to. Obviously, my early in the game, early in the show, I gave their award to Rick Ware Racing. They're collecting them over there at times, um, but you know, so that one. But they got a trophy wall. They got a trophy wall. Just one eighty. We should send them just a box of them. Um, <laughs> but I have to give it to Noah too at some point. Like, why are we? Listen, if you go to throw up on yourself, that's one thing. <laughs> why are you talking about it? Like, why do we need Did to he throw th- up again? Yes. When? This when? week. He said, I don't know, stage two or something. Yeah, like, like, he's, like, I'm not, I don't want to be his interior guy. No. I mean, I don't give a shit. I mean, if you, like, he said something about just kind of holding his breath and, and getting, you know, worked up. But, like, we don't need to know. Is we, there we're not, good. Is there not some, like, breathing exercises <laughs> like, that they can do? Like, I, I don't care. Like, if I puke on myself, I'm not going to volunteer in, in the, the middle, press conference. deep breath. <laughs> All right, two outside. Take a deep breath. <laughs> breathe, <laughs> breathe. Just breathe. But they did. They said that. He literally, they they reminded him, please I breathe. had to talk. I used to, I used to, not so much anymore. I used to tell Bubba stuff like that, especially, like, places like Bristol. Like, these guys... Like if you spot for somebody that's like hauling ass, like it used to happen a lot in the modified race because they yeah. them guys weren't used to it. But like you'd be like they go out there and make a run, and it'd be like 
all right, what was it, you know, 10 laps, say, and they'd come in the pits and you're like, what, is, what was it doing? And he'd be like, <laughs> it was tight. I was like, gee, yeah. were you not breathing the whole time you were out there? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? I, I, well, the only time I've had that, I think, I think it was qualifying a couple times, maybe um, 18, 19 or something like that, when we, you actually, you had to go out there sometimes. And it, yeah, and you had to, like, it was on edge, and um, there's been a couple instances like that, but <laughs> during the race, I mean, Poor Noah. All right. I have a wooden idiot this week. Oh. I am going to go with you three and Denny for oh. telling me not to take a Ford to win Michigan. I'd just like to point out who won Michigan? What manufacturer? The one that got lucky. Mm. I did not say it. Y'all don't. are idiots. I, first of all, I never Wait, said that. You didn't have that. to listen to them. Um, you Typical, are you typical me? You woman. Blame me, everybody else for their problems. You made me seem like I was an idiot for trying to pick a Ford, no, and then the they, Ford wins. You're including me with a group that you shouldn't, because no I, would never, I would not say that. Fine, but if Denny, you knew they were going to win, you could have picked them. Denny is my one idiot for this week, and I would like to designate him to be the one to pay for dinner oh, for God. us. Oh, it comes I think we should go to Steak 48. Um, I don't know if you'd gotten to that third win mark, Casey. It changes everything for you going into the playoffs. He screwed up two of my picks already. On we track her, and off track. So, she could have took the fireball shot and got another one last week, too. Yeah, could have done it. <laughs> Best part of the you show last two week picks. Is, uh, you might want to take another shot of fireball. And Danny didn't really know what he meant. I'm like, wait, I feel like he had to say something. He's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, let's move on to DBC picks where Brett won at Michigan with Bubba. You now lead with seven wins. Jason's in second with six. Freddie in third with five. <laughs> Casey. TJ fourth with four. And I'm last. TJ's with two. so glad you showed up. Now he's not going to yeah. finish last. I mean, I'm, only, I'm only one off Freddie. Whatever. True. That. Let's make so, picks for Richmond. I got an asterisk. Jason, you are up first. Kevin Harvick. And I am tied for the most true number one picks. Damn it. That's who I was picking. Oh, my gosh. Damn it. Oh, damn it. I feel like Jason's like had his picks planned out for a while. He does. Got like this. Where are we going? Richmond got a great pick for next week. He probably makes Ben do all this. Mabes told me you should use his pick. So tell who's he. Well, that was my pick. I'm texting him right now. (laughs) He has a spreadsheet for me. I think Ben does all the statistics for Jason. Oh, now we got to wait for this pick to come back now? No, I have a backup. Uh, TJ? I... I'm going to go. Who'd you pick? Kevin Harvick. Harvick. I'm going to go with uh, my own car, the six. Good pick. Kyle Busch. Man, you laid up to have a second pick. (laughs) You watch. (laughs) TJ coming down there. You got a 100 point penalty coming to TJ. Tied up. (laughs) 200 point penalty. (laughs) Ty Dillon came across my nose in three and four yesterday. (laughs) What did you walk down there and say? Uh, I said, are you taking him to dinner? No. <laughs> TJ said, Ty Dillon just made you his b-. <laughs> And I said, I told my driver to wreck that motherfucker. He did. So <laughs> this is so my funny. Life. I don't, I don't, Ty was trying to drive in there and, and like muscles way up in front of him. From 39th. Yeah. <laughs> he never cleared him. Band another, like we were running, we were running this big arc into the corner and everything was great. And then we come down about three car lengths in front of Ty and that thing took off. And he's, his car was right there. But uh, uh, it was definitely, it was like a slide job move that didn't work out. But yeah. <laughs> Brett looked mad. <laughs> Casey, you're up. He's I mad. will take Blaney. 
And I still think that I need to at least get two wins after I would have taken Harvick last week with a Ford. So y'all swinging for the fence. Ideally, I almost want to finish last so that I can easily get who I want. But TJ, he f***ed up because he's the only guy that has McDowell left at a road course. And that's who I want at Watkins Glen. So all I got to try to do right here is be able to pick after TJ. Which means I need to let him I'm win. You want McDowell over somebody else you got on the list there? I mean, I got a couple yeah. guys in there I'm looking at, but I'm going to go ahead and swing for uh, stand up double, Chase Briscoe. Stand up double. Yeah, I'm going to swing oh, halfway. Oh, you're calling Chase Briscoe a stand up? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that nickname? <laughs> no, I'm not swinging for double. the fence like you guys with Kyle oh, Bush and Kevin Harvick and all oh, them guys. Stand up double Briscoe. I'm, 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 <laughs> let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. If ask, you, ask me. You want to talk about road course? I mean, wh- yeah. what's wrong with Todd Gillen right now? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with him. I mean, you save I mean, him in the road course. I mean, I'd save him for him. <clears throat> I mean, uh, we only got three races pick? left. We only need two more drivers after this week. And then Casey start over. I mean, you want me to tell you who I'm picking next week? Who you picking? Chase Elliott. That's a solid pick. And then I'll probably, I got to pick up, I'll roll the dice for somewhere. To, to so Daytona. Daytona's going to be either, for me, Logano or Bubba. So, and no one has them left but me. All right. Well, heading to Richmond, what can we expect? I know we talked about the playoff spot, but anything else we can expect on track? Hopefully the racing's a little bit better. I don't remember it being great last time, um, but thanks to downshifting. Yeah, hopefully we can. I don't know. I'm sure they haven't made any changes for that, so yeah. we'll probably still be shifting. But it'd be a good weekend. Uh, a nice, tight, condensed schedule, which is nice. I think we fly out Saturday morning. Yeah, everything starts about three o'clock Saturday afternoon. We get all that in Saturday night. Come back Sunday for the race. I'll be going to Big Al. Saturday's my birthday. I'm gonna be really old. It sounds uh, like. How old are you turning? Ugh, forty. 40 years old. Uh, so Sunday you night. You got to drink a 40 ounce. I will. Maybe not. <laughs> Doug going to go see his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming Sunday night at Big Al's will probably be a little bit well, lively. Let's start celebrating today. Okay. We'll celebrate idea. all week. Hey, good make idea. sure you get some food. You can't have more than a couple of drinks there without having some food. <laughs> That's Buffalo Wally. I never heard that before in my life. So uh, again, went with me. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. I think Richmond should be a pretty solid race, so make sure you tune in. Don't forget to watch us on Mav TV this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Anything else? Leave us a comment, like, share. Watch our TikToks. Yes, watch TikToks. Or none of y'all know how to access TikTok. I, I, like, I have a TikTok, but I don't think I, would, I have doing any interactions. I don't. We've got a lot of fans anybody. on TikTok, which is great. They're Dude. all commenting a lot of the great stuff. So Good. check Te- it out. Teach me how. Yeah, it's easy. Me, I was dancing my ass off and something last week. I don't, that was a Instagram story. Was don't worry, we'll just make you oh, look great. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll make you look great. Somebody um, sent TikTok. me a video. I was like, "You dance?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> TikTok. Appreciate y'all listening. That's the biggest thing. Couldn't do this without you guys. Yes. Love you guys. Yeah. Thanks Have for coming. Week. We're coming to the track Word. and saying hi to all of us. Yeah, holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.